You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going A's fans, and welcome to episode 226 of the Lockdown A's podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today it's Division Day. We're talking to uh, Eric Heisman of Lockdown Astros, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna trade some jabs. It's gonna be it, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Um, so take everything and just me and Eric, or Eric and myself, we know each other. We've uh, been friends for like seven or eight years or something like that. So uh, we worked together at an Astros website in the past. Uh, as I've said before, I like crappy baseball teams and uh, teams with prospects like the, right now. The the Orioles are intriguing. I, I'm interested in what they're doing. And uh, also the the Mariners and whatever the hell their uh, outfield is going to be in the coming years. That's intriguing to me. And there was a time not so long ago, like in 2014, when the Astros were a scrappy young team. And and I uh, was intrigued by them. I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I was intrigued by the Astros for uh, a couple of years there. And then they started getting good and, you know, beating the A's. And I didn't care for that. So I'm wholeheartedly off that bandwagon at this point. But uh, there was a point in time. You, 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 th- you throw together a couple of losing seasons and then shine me up with some prospects. And I'm like, I like this team. Uh, the Orioles hated them around the same time. Now I'm like, Hey, they're, they're intriguing. So, uh, I am very, uh, I, I'm a nomad with my, my baseball fandom outside of Oakland. So, uh, <laughs> just a little bit about me. So yeah, uh, Eric basically played the host in this one. Uh, so you'll hear him, uh, leading the conversation a little bit more, but, uh, Eric Heisman, good dude. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron, Eric talk Stros. Um, yeah. And, Follow their show at Locked On Astros. We're at uh, Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, we got a mailbag episode coming for you guys on Friday. So make sure to get your A's questions in. Uh, you can email those to us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So without further ado, here is Eric. And you are not going to hear me interject in the middle of this episode. We already recorded the ads and they are in there. Good luck figuring out when they're going to be. It's roughly every 10 minutes. <laughs> So here it is, my talk with Eric Heisman of Locked On Astros, talking about the A's and Astros, and who's the better team this year? We are Locked On Houston Astros and some team on the West Coast called the A's. Uh, we're Locked On A's with Jason Burke. My name's Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Jason Burke, where can you find you on Twitter? I am at by Jason B on Twitter. The show is at Locked On A's on Twitter. And if you like that team, you can go listen to him. But if you like the Astros, you can go listen to Lock Astros podcast. You can listen to either one of the podcasts at the uh, at Spotify. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, Radio.com, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to these uh, great podcasts and many other podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we are doing part of the uh, Lockdown Podcast Network division rivals and. Yes, we are division rivals, and I know it's been, what, 10 years since, maybe not that long since the Astros moved to the AL West, but yes, we don't like the A's. (laughs) We do not like the A's, and for a very good reason, 
it seems like the A's always play the Astros pretty well. Is, isn't that what, you, uh, what you're feeling this too? Not that first year that you guys were in the AL West, but uh, since then, yes, definitely. Was it, yeah, was it 2013, I think, was the first year? And the A's went like 16 and 3, 17 and 2. I, I felt bad by the end of the year, legitimately for Astros fans. We don't talk about 2013. <laughs> we don't talk about 2014. We do talk about 2015, but I'm sure you're going to say, well, we don't talk about 2017 either. But we're not going there on this show. We are talking about only uh, what's happening in 2021. So uh, the Astros are definitely going to face some stiff competition. And I would have to say that I know we're talking about this kind of off air. The Astros and the A's are probably the one and two uh, in the AL West, depending on what order. And I know the A's bullpen, we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, probably is better than the Astros bullpen. Uh, The Astros rotation when healthy, maybe a little bit better than the A's, but the A's uh, rotation may be a little bit deeper. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But uh, what happened to Marcus Simeon? What he used, and then Chris Davis is gone, right? Yeah, he's gone too. Well, why can't you keep your players up there? Hey, you know, they cost money sometimes. Um, with Marcus, that was a weird one because, well, the money that he ended up getting, the A's don't pay that kind. He, he got, uh, what, $18.5 million? No, 16. He got a bunch of money. Uh, The A's don't pay that much money for most players. The other guy that would have gotten that much money, Chris Davis, they also traded this offseason, which freed up more money for them to spend and make a lot of the additions that you alluded to and that we'll get into. But um, yeah, Marcus was a weird one. They they threw him like a $12.5 million offer and it was going to be like, hey, here's $4 million and then $1 million each year for the next, you know, it it was a a BS contract that they offered him. I really wish that they hadn't done that. Uh, But, you know, you get used to these things as an A's fan. Um, But for him, it's, he had the one really, really, really good year in 2019. But since then, is he, you know, slightly above league average? Is he slightly below league average? You don't know which player you're going to get. And for a team that doesn't like to spend that much money anyway, to go that hard in on somebody where you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe we'll get this guy. Um, I, it was never really going to be in the cards at that price point. So uh, they didn't get them. It, it's okay. I think that the big loss with Marcus is what he brought to the clubhouse because everybody loves Marcus. I mean, he was a big clubhouse guy led by example. And uh, that's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace him in the clubhouse, not necessarily his production on the field from my standpoint, at least. I guess we're talking about addition subtractions in this segment. So uh, let's go ahead and focus a little bit on Chris Davis. Uh, the past two seasons, Chris Davis hasn't really been the same Chris Davis. Mm-hmm. He was in his first uh, couple, uh, first uh, four or five seasons. Uh, wh- he did come alive in the playoffs last year and he, uh, towards the end of the season, uh, what will you miss the most about Chris Davis? When he was good, that was, that was, he was so much fun when he was crushing bangers. And you can appreciate this too. Uh, the team that he loved hitting against was the Texas Rangers. So, oh, okay. I thought you were saying Astros. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He was like Mike Trout against the Rangers. He was so much fun to watch um, when, when he was going right. So it's, kind of funny that he's going to the one team that he has just owned over his career probably so that they this might make the rangers a a playoff team not having to face chris davis anymore so (laughs) um yeah it'll be interesting to see 
how they go about, uh, you know, I, I, I liked Chris Davis, but I think that in adding Mitch Moreland, they're going to get a, a big upgrade at DH. And with Elvis Andrews going over to shortstop, I think that you can replace both Chris Davis and Marcus Simeon on the aggregate. If you add up their stats uh, with Elvis Andrews and Mitch Moreland, I think that you may have a bit of an upgrade, even though, you know, the, the headline is A's can't retain players. You're like, oh, they might have actually gotten better at these two positions. Uh, we're we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. And uh, we can't forget about Trevor Rosenthal. I mean, all the talk about the A's not adding players, they actually went out and got Trevor Rosenthal. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is somebody that they didn't really uh, add till um, later in spring training, but this is somebody that the Astros were after and a lot of other teams were actually after, but the the A's went out there and got that done and to add to a deeper bullpen. So congratulations with that. And uh, I was telling Brett in a podcast that the uh, that Rosenthal is not somebody the Astros can go out and trade for at the trade deadline because a the A's would not trade him to them and b the Astros have no cap room to go out and get him. So uh, on the Astros side, the Astros have lost um, a, a few people and and not just through free agency. Uh, George Springer, of course, is the biggest name that they lost through free agency, but. Justin Verlander, I know that he didn't pitch a lot of last season, but um, uh, George Springer is going to be the big loss of this season because, or I guess for near f- future, because he is a he was the heart and soul of this team. But I think uh, as you saw in the playoffs last year, Carlos Correa kind of uh, led the Astros through that playoff. Um, nobody like the Astros had their backs against the wall. Nobody expected to get them get past the A's. Uh, that nobody expected them to get past the Twins, but they did because Carlos Correa and the rest of the team, they found their fire. They found their fire to get back in there. And so I think that you're going to see the the Astros go back and try to do that. Uh, They brought back Michael Brantley. Uh, That's something that a lot of people weren't expecting because we heard all the talk, oh, he's going to go join Michael, I mean, George Springer up in – with the Blue Jays. And so that was kind of surprising. And we'll talk about the recent um, uh, signing in a second and what necessitated that. But overall, um, it was, it's been an interesting offseason because the Astros really haven't done much outside of the Michael Brantley re-signing and, but they've lost a few players and, but you can't retain all of them. I think you said that earlier about the A's. So you, you've got to be able to spend money with the ace case, they have this certain budget they can spend. With the Astros case, they, they've already spent their money, and they went out and traded for Zach Greinke. They traded for Justin Verlander. They re-signed Justin Verlander. They gave uh, Alex Bregman this money. They gave Just, uh, Jose Altuve this money. They, they have this luxury tax special. They can't pass again, or else they're going to get penalized. So they kind of put themselves in this corner. But that's what happens when you go for the, the World Series uh, all these years in a row. The A's just find a way to do it without spending the money. And I guess I don't know if um, the A's still follow the whole money ball theory uh, or maybe not exactly the same way, but they just uh, find a way to continue to go back. So um, how, how do they continue to uh, find success without spending money? They, they do something. I think it's a lot to do with coaching. Um, there was a book that came out uh, two years ago, I think, and it was called the, uh, the MVP machine. And it was about 
coaching players to get that little bit of extra bit. So if you get somebody and they're going to be like a 4A player uh, with, you know, normal coaching, but you can get them into like a regular major league player, that's a lot of value right there where you can, it's just those little things and it's all about development. And uh, it's been, you know, it's what they do. And I think that it's pitch mix and uh, stuff like that, that they do a really good job of and getting the most out of players like the Astros do when, uh, you know, they get Garrett Cole and then make them really good. You know, Uh, the Astros are doing the same thing, just more at the top of the market. (laughs) Right. So uh, speaking of doing things really good, Built Bar is doing something really good. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. But and Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate. And right now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar madness. Today's episode or uh, today's matchup, they've got German chocolate versus salted caramel. And uh, <laughs> the, the next round, whoever wins that one's going down because they got cookie dough chunk, which is my favorite. I'm not sure about you, Eric. And then they also have Mocha Love and the WC. I, I don't know what the WC actually stands for. Birthday cake. I have not had either of those. Have you had? Have you tried either the Mocha Love or the birthday cake one, Eric? No, but that sounds very interesting. It does sound interesting. So uh, yeah, I mean, for me, out of those four, I know that they're not all facing each other, but German chocolate's probably my favorite out of those four. Uh, in German chocolate, salted caramel. Who do you think he got on that one? Uh, I'll go with German chocolate too, as well. Yeah, and then. Cookie dough chunk. You think that uh, that's a that's an easy one in the sweet six? Yeah, that's easy. Right. Yeah, sweet. So I think that's all you got to do on that one. Uh, if you want to put in your own two cents, if you don't agree with uh, myself and Eric, you can go to builtbar.com or at builtbar built underscore bar on Twitter, and uh, you can let your uh, thoughts be known there. Remember to use the promo code Locked On Twenty to get twenty percent off your next order at builtbar.com. That is. Locked on 20 to get 20% off at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. And you know that we are very good at covering the Astros and some team uh, in Cali called the Athletics. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has, has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski and it's and it's got all the news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so um, I'm sure you're following the news recently. And the Astros have had um, some injury issues, including COVID-19 issues. And um, I'm sure everybody's looking at this and saying, oh, that's karma for what happened and everything. But it's not karma. It's just injuries happen. And uh, Framer Valdez was not even on the team. Thank you very much. And uh, he wasn't banging trash cans and all that stuff. But um, Framer Valdez, we have no idea what's going on with him. We know that he has a some type of fracture in his finger. And we don't, uh, we've heard from John Heyman that he could miss the whole season. Then we also heard from John Heyman that he could avoid surgery to miss the whole season. We've heard about Forrest Whitley. He has a UCL turn, a tear, so or strain. So he could have Tommy John surgery, but nothing. He's getting a second opinion, so we don't know. And then we also have uh, Pedro Baez, who uh, is a former Dodgers uh, reliever. He has now he, he now has COVID nineteen, and so there's just like a lot going on in the Astros pitching world. 
And so now the Astros went out there and signed Jake Odorizzi. This is somebody who was this offseason wanted a three-year, $45 million deal. He did not get it, which is why he was a free agent this far into spring training. And he may eventually get it if everything, if all the escalators and all the little things work out in his deal. He may eventually get that three-year, 45 or $42 million deal. But at the same time, this is a big move for Houston Astros because they got that third, number three starter or something for only a, a luxury tax threshold uh, cap or, or hit of $7.8 million. I can't believe they did it, honestly. Well, so with that, they're – like $2.2 million under the threshold right now. Is that depends roughly? on, depends on who you're looking at. Like <laughs> some, some says like um, sport track says it's 6 million. And then I think uh, fan says two point something million. So either way, uh, it's and then, make it hard yeah. to add on at the deadline. If they're going to get somebody who's like really big and impactful or I, I right. feel like there, there's going to be some prospect trading so that the other team needs some, some money. Uh, that that's probably the most common way to go about having the other team help you out financially. It's going to be interesting. Um, I was looking at Odorizzi's uh, stats for his career and they're kind of similar to Mike Fire's stats. So I know that it's a big move that needed to happen. For I'm done. I'm done. I'm, no, we're done with this podcast. We're done with this podcast. No, we're done. Cut, cut, cut. He, he throws like five miles an hour harder if that helps, but uh, it, it, it looked very similar to Mike Fires' stat line, especially the last two years. Um, it Fires has kind of been right there. So I know that it feels like a good move and it could be uh, great. But my things with Odorizzi, I think that it could be a great move for the Astros because they tend, you know, you see uh, Charlie Morton and uh, Garrett Cole. They're, they're the big examples of them, you know, doing something to starting pitchers that make them better. Um, maybe it's a grip of some sort. Um and it, it, everybody does it. Care to elaborate? Everybody has is So I'm interested to see how he does with the Astros because his strikeout rate from 2019 of, you know, just over 10 was the best that he's ever had. And he's been below a strikeout per nine guy for his career. I think he's only right. topped, you know, nine, you know, one an inning one other time in his career and it's like nine years so um how how real were those things was he getting a lot of help from facing teams like uh the indians who don't have a great offense necessarily the white Sox before they were good uh the royals still aren't great and uh you know he was already on the twins so he wasn't facing and oh, the tigers uh was he getting helped out by facing the teams in the al central for 40 percent of his starts in his two starts against the A's, they, they took it to him a little bit. So I'm going to be interested to see how he faces or how he fares in the AL West as opposed to the Central. So uh, that's what I'm on the lookout for from Odorizzi. Um, yeah, you guys also got uh, some guys in the bullpen now. Who are your seven, eight, nine guys right now? Who Who's your closer and who's leading up to him at this point in time? Well, I think it's still up in the air. The Astros don't have a... Uh, if you're going to ask who my closer is or the Astros closer is, it's going to be Ryan Presley. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of people that have doubts about him just because uh, after 
I would say midway through the 2019 season, he started having knee issues and uh, he just wasn't the same guy he was since coming over from the twins, but he he's looked healthy this spring and he can be a dynamic closer. He just, uh, when he was given that shot, when Osuna was struggling with health and everything, he just didn't show it last year and definitely in the playoffs. The 2019 playoffs, he did not look good. And uh, I believe last year he if he was in the playoffs, he was not effective. I can't remember exactly if he was, but, um, but he would be the closer. Then uh, at this point, it's kind of, um, I would have to go with Stanix probably could be up there. Then you have uh, Paredes. Uh, he's a young kid from last year. He's probably going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Then you have a whole bunch of other names who are going to be fighting uh, for up there. You have Joe Smith coming back. Joe Smith didn't fight, uh, didn't uh, pitch at all last year. And then you have just a whole bunch of other names that you're going to have to look at. Somebody who's going to be interesting, especially with the lux- luxury tax threshold issue, is uh, Steve Seashick uh, by the Seashore. I have to say that, too. Um, but uh, he is going to be somebody that uh, if he makes the team, he's going to make, uh, what, $2.5 million or something. So that's if you don't have him on team, that's a little bit more money you have to be flexible. But at the same time, he is somebody who's been a proven reliever over his career. And he adds, um, like James Click likes to say, uh, different looks in the bullpen. So uh, that that's something that you could do. So uh, there, there's a whole bunch of different angles to this Astros bullpen. Pedro Baez is somebody who's had some history kind of at the back end of the bullpen, but um, – I think James Click has made a joke or somebody made a joke. I think it was Click, but he said, we're going to pitch him in the seventh inning. That way uh, it, it allows people to go get more beer uh, during the, <laughs> because he pitches so slow. He so. pitches so uh, slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about your back in your bullpen? Uh, I, I think that Rosenthal's the clear cut closer right now. Uh, Diekman had been in that role, but once Rosenthal came in, I think that Diekman can be that lefty that you can use in high leverage situations. Uh, it could be seventh, eighth, ninth. Uh, however, the lineup shaking out. Uh, I think that Sergio Romo is probably going to be one of those guys. They still got JB Wendelkin, who pitched really well, didn't get a lot of acclaim, but he had a 1 8 ERA last year. Um, Lou Trevino's going to be in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, they've got some, and they brought back Yusmiro Petit. Look through the A's, bringing back guys, spending money. Um, and he's going to be interesting because he was fading a little bit towards the end of last year. The Astros roughed him up in the playoffs. Um, he got roughed up in his first spring training start. So l- let's see how he's performing, but he's been a, a big key for the A's bullpen in uh, recent years. But I-, I really like their bullpen. They've got a lot of guys, uh, even beyond like the top eight guys that could be impact arms. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go about uh, forming an eight man squad or however many guys they want to go in uh, over the course of the full season. What if I told you Justin Verlander, the closer in the playoff? Is his arm okay? (laughs) (laughs) When when did he have TJ? uh, It was, um, I want to say it was in uh, September, if I remember correctly. That'd be real quick on a I, yeah, I know people are joking around, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Astros or Justin Verlander would do that, but he is a competitor. Well, and especially so if he wants to pitch ever again, you know, because yeah. he's 39 
right now? Yeah. I could be wrong on when he had the surgery, but it but, was but still, no, it'd be it, real quick on yeah. that 12 month turnaround. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think so. But speaking of the Astros rotation, this is the Astros depth that they've added now. They have now Grinky, McCullers, uh, Framber Valdez when he's healthy, Christian Javier, Odorizzi, Urquidy. So they've added depth now. And I may have missed somebody there. And now they still have some young guys. But what they did by adding Odorizzi is they've they they don't have to rely on Luis Garcia, who pitched really good in playoffs. He is somebody, he is that sixth or seventh guy. He's that guy you don't have to rely on. And so um, I think the Astros made a good move there. And so we'll have to see. So uh, what's your rotation looking like? Right. Same as usual. <laughs> you got Mike Flyers <laughs> at the top of the rotation. Now you got uh, Jesus Suzardo. He has a lot of upside. He's a lot of fun. Um, hopefully he, you know, puts some of it together this year, keeps on improving. Uh, you got Frankie Montas, who'd probably be my number two guy. Uh, if he's consistent, he's Cy Young caliber. Um, he just needs to be consistent and not get suspended for PEDs. Um, then you got, um, Sean Mania. I like him a lot. He's probably not number three. He's probably a number four guy. And then, um, you got Chris Bassett who was lights out last year. So it's a really, you know, basic rotation right there but they've got some guys in the minors that could also uh fill in for some innings too because i don't know that the a's are going to push their guys too much further than 150 innings just because they're all very young and it's they, they haven't built up those innings on their arm like zach grank here and you know some of the astros guys so um they got grant holmes he's been good dalton jeffries control pitcher he's been really good this spring uh, James Caprillion, he's a, more of a strikeout guy. Uh, so they got three other starters at the very least. I talked to Cole Irvin on my podcast yesterday. He's fantastic. He's been looking good this spring. So uh, they, they've got some looks that, that they've got depth there if they need to fill up some innings. Um, one guy that did really well against the A's in the playoffs was big for the Astros uh, was Christian Javier. And I was looking up something on the A's. I'm not going to tell you what it was because I don't want you, uh, you know, letting other teams know about why, but um, Christian Javier was throwing a lot harder in the playoffs. Do you think that that can translate into him being a starter again, or was it, he was throwing three to four miles an hour harder. Is that something that, uh, and he was only throwing two pitches too. So I, I'm a little bit worried about Christian Javier as a starter, as opposed to what we saw from him in the playoffs. If I'm an Astros fan personally. Well, if I had to bet on it, I wouldn't go and say that he is a starter and he will be the fifth starter to open the season. And we'll have to see, he may be kind of going back and forth between the bullpen as their long relief, but we'll talk about that in a second, but let's talk about betonline.ag. And if you're going to talk about prop betting and how many times Mike fires is going to go ahead and, like throw his old team under the bus and that type of thing. I'm just kidding here, or am I really? But uh, <laughs> how many times uh, Mike Fires is going to be sick when he's supposed to face the Astros, or is uh, he actually going to face the Astros this year? Uh, that is. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Is he going to be <laughs> opening day? Uh, we'll have to see. I'm sure there's going to be a prop bet about will that happen. So betonline.ag is the fastest way and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL, NHL are on, all in full swing. And guess what? Baseball is about being full swing uh, come April, and we'll be uh, uh, it's Astros versus A's opening day, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my yes. fire's um, on the mound. 
Yes, and the Astros are going to kick some butt. It's going to be time for revenge. And if you want to know what the odds are or what the numbers, the overs, uh, unders are going to be, go to betonline.ag, and I'm sure they're going to have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a, a, a welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports bet book experts. And don't forget, uh, Jason, you and I, we just had our first uh, draft and we got another one coming up in a few weeks. But if you have some more fantasy baseball drafts, don't forget to go check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball uh, podcast. It's a daily font, uh Fancy baseball podcast hosted by the veteran uh, Scott Cohen. He uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups to, uh, that leads uh, you to wins. Whether you're doing a daily, a dynasty league, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast. Whatever you try, whether you're trying to trade um, Kyle Lewis for Carlos Correa, that, go Except ask the Scott offer. Cohen. <laughs> yeah, Jason and I were trying to do a, a trade. It wasn't a bad trade offer, but um, I just um, I think uh, with my team, it you was just a lot to for give up. Carlos Correa. That's I think that we uh, figured out who the better team is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now i'm not saying that that trade is dead but uh i just i need some time to think about that so speaking of carlos correa and um when you look at the astros uh i know it's not quite the same with with george springer gone but when you look at the lineup d- does it scare you it all depends on one person that is jordan alvarez that is the only person because uh, without him you got a, a couple of guys that I'm like, Ooh, okay. Th- this is scary. But with him, uh, okay. You, you got like half a lineup full of dudes that have proven they can rake. Um, it, it's are, are his knees going to be healthy? I think that that is the big question. Uh, if I'm an Astros fan, that's what I'm wondering is how many games are we going to get out of him? Cause if it's, you know, next to nothing like last year, it, it's not going to end well probably. And if he is expected to be the, uh, the difference maker between having George Springer and not uh, if you lose both of those guys again, then all of a sudden losing Springer is a big issue. But if he is back and healthy and doing what he did in 2019, then the Astros have a pretty good, pretty good chance again. But I think that if Jordan Alvarez is out of that lineup, then we're, we're going to see uh, what, what the rest of the guys can do is Miles straw going to be the, the center fielder. Is that, how that's going right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, until Pedro Leon uh, is ready, uh, maybe in 2022. But I think that Dusty Baker is looking at having him as the leadoff guy. Okay. This is uh, kind of departing from the whole uh, what uh, the whole like having a power leadoff guy that um, we've had before. But uh, I think what we're trying to do here is kind of going old school. And that's what Dusty Baker is trying to do is just kind of going back to the whole um, get on base, uh, steal base, advance on the butt or something like that. And so maybe if he didn't inherit George Springer leading off, maybe he wouldn't be leading off. Mm -hmm. But what's happening now is you're going to have somebody like Yuli or Kyle Tucker hitting eighth. 
So that's that's a pretty deep lineup. That's what happens when you put Kyle Tucker uh, batting cleanup. He's, so guy, that's he's another guy that scares me. me. I, he was really good against the A's last year, and uh, I have definitely kept him in our dynasty league. Um, I, Kyle Tucker. I like I like Kyle Tucker. I do. Yeah. I know that he's a stupid Astro, but I really like Kyle Tucker. <laughs> a stupid Astro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of stupid Astro. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, who? Whatever you, that means. Did a whole so, lot uh, on Mike Fires. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of stupid Astro, um, as a uh, outsider looking in, I know that both uh, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman struggled last year. Both of them had their kind of reasons why. Looking from the outside, which one do you think would bounce back? this year Bregman I mean I, I've read some places that his his exit velos weren't great with the dead and ball and the dependence on uh the the wall in the left I don't know that he some places are saying that he might be like an average third baseman uh you know at least in you know offensively so you got to go the other way on that one. I, I, I think personally, um, I'm very easily persuaded by things that I read at this time of year. So I'm like, Oh, best shape of your life. Yeah. New pitch. I'm on board. They're getting on my team. Um, yeah. I, I think that I, I'm intrigued to see what everybody does from the Astros this year, because for uh, on my podcast, I'm always saying throw out 2020 stats doesn't matter, but the Astros are going to be dealing with fans booing them everywhere they go. And is that going to take a toll on them? I, it was something that I talked about last year, but you know, we had the COVID season. So is that going to be something that impacts them? And uh, it, so I don't know that you can just discount their 2020 stats. Uh, maybe it's going to be, I'm not saying because of cheating. I'm saying because of the mental aspect of getting booed relentlessly everywhere you go. Um, so that's something that I'm going to be looking to see what happens because uh, Oakland and Houston are going to be hostile towards the, oppo- the opposition uh, at least early on, probably throughout the course of the entire season. So uh, th- those fun, those games will be fun. <laughs> so I'm guessing you're saying Jose Altuve will do better. I think so. He's more of a contact guy. Okay. That was a roundabout way of answering yeah. the question. <laughs> All right. So now Jason Burke, are you going to be at the games this year booing the Houston Astros? Not uh, more so for COVID reasons than uh, anything else. I'm like, I, I haven't gotten vaccinated. I do I've been uh, in my house for nearly a year now. I'm not uh, chancing it just to go tell Alex Bregman that I don't like him. I feel like he knows, <laughs> but um, yeah. W- what is the situation with you guys in Houston? Are you guys completely open up full capacity for games or? Um... Um, I don't last I heard, I think we're still uh, 25 to 25% or okay. maybe 50%. I, I haven't read recently, but. I, it's still, it's not 50, it's not hundred percent. I don't think it's going to be hundred percent this year, but I think as of right now, season ticket holders are able to get tickets and uh, maybe people are on the, uh, the like step hub market are able to get tickets, but I'm sure high demand or it's, but I don't know if I'm going to be going to games. Otherwise, I mean, not COVID related related, but more um, money related this <laughs> yes. year, but uh, so focusing on your offense, uh, what do you, uh, what, who, what players are you looking out for this year to kind of click? 
I've been saying it for years. I think Matt Chapman's a legit MVP candidate. He's finished, you know, fifth and sixth and all that stuff, but uh, he just needs to improve just a little bit uh, offensively to really put him in that Mike Trout kind of level. Um, I know that he's not going to reach Mike Trout offensive numbers, but with his defense and, you know, his team making the playoffs, hopefully, um, I think that that would be enough to maybe put him over the top. Uh, if he has, you know, some signature moments in September or something like that. So Matt Chapman coming off of his hip injury, wanting to prove that he is back and that he can get more money in arbitration and all that stuff. I think that he's going to be motivated this year. He's somebody that I'm keeping an eye out on. Uh, Matt Olson made some uh, big adjustments to a swing. He had like 195 last year. They still won the division by seven games. Um, so that is something that I'm keeping an eye out for. Um, hey, we had a lo- we had a losing record. Hey, <laughs> and we we still went further than y'all in playoffs. <laughs> and I do have one thing, and I know this is going to make people mad, but I think that with the seeding from last season, with you know the second place team getting the sixth seed, no matter what I they did, I think that the Astros they they if they had been trying harder, I think that they they coasted into the playoffs because they were like, we got the second seed. We don't, it doesn't matter at all. So they got that sixth seed. But if they had actually finished with that record, they would have faced the Rays in the first round if it was just top to bottom, you know, top eight teams. And I don't think that we would be talking about the Astros resurgence. We would have been like, oh shit, are they done? I think that, that it, it's a different question based on that one little wrinkle in the playoffs. Are the A's better than the Astros in the playoffs? I don't, obviously not as of last year, but are they better than them in the regular season? I think that they might have more depth. So um, head to head, we'll see. But I think that overall, the A's might be the uh, the AL West champs once again. What's your take on the AL West as a whole? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I, I thought you were telling a joke. Okay. Uh, so, oh, we're serious. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I think the Astros are, it's going to be a tight race. I think it's going to be uh, like literally, uh, the Astros or the A's, or it's going to be a two-game difference at the end of the season. It's not going to be a, a blowout, like you said, seven-game difference. Was seven a, games last year. Yeah, so I, I don't, don't think, think it's going to be, be that big either. So <laughs> no, it's going to be a close. It's going to be tight. You're not going to. Uh, you may see both teams go out and make a trade. The Astros will trade for Jason Burke, um, <laughs> and then uh, you'll see Ooh, take the them A's down from go. the inside. <laughs> 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 so, uh, but I, I see both teams in the nineties in terms of wins. I, th- I think that yeah, you'll see maybe the Astros get like 95, the A's get 93, uh, the offense for the A's. Um, I it's questionable of uh, how much, how deep the lineup is that it, it just off uh, from the outside. Yeah. And like you said, how healthy can the Astros stay? How healthy is Alex Bregman? I know he said, if this was the regular season, he would be out there. Uh, same thing with Alvarez. Can they stay healthy all year? Um, Yuli Gurriel, he, uh, he reported last year a little bit overweight. Now he said he's healthy. Uh, Altuve dealt, dealt with a death in the family last year. So how focused is he? Can Carlos Correa like, generate that fire all year that he had in playoffs? And so there's a lot of what's ifs, but when this lineup is clicking, the Astros lineup, it can be one of the best in baseball. The A's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, would you think it's fair? There's a lot of what ifs in that lineup. Some. Um, I was looking at uh, Michael Brantley. And, well, I was talking about Mark Hanna being a free agent after this year. And uh, him and Michael Brantley have very similar stats the last few years. Mm-hmm. They're basically the same player. And I didn't know that Mark Hanna was that good because uh, 
Michael Brantley is like one of those guys that you're like, he's sneaky good. He's he's always going to get you that big hit when you need it. And I think that he does more base hits. Canna gets more home runs, and that's where like their WRC plus numbers kind of converge. Um, but yeah, Brantley hits for a higher average. But I think that that's, you know, one for one right there. Um, I think that the A's offense or uh, defense is probably a little bit better. So they might not have the offensive prowess, but they're going to make fewer mistakes in the field. And that helps right. bridge that gap a little bit. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really tight race. I think that it could be like uh, one team with 92, one team with 90. I'm a little bit lower on overall, but I think that they both have generally the same, you know, four win range. It's who's going to finish at the higher end of their range. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting race. Well, uh, I'm going to go and say for Brett at, and me at the Lockdown Astros podcast, uh, made the bet the best Rat Pack win. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get together and have some uh, more podcasts uh, this year before the series and maybe before opening day we'll kind of get together. But best of luck to you and your um, your team. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, finish 19-0 and 0 versus y'all this year so that's so, that's where you're going is 19 and 0 yep i, I, I was don't gonna know throw if we're even like, playing no, no, hold on they want us to say who's gonna win the season series and then i was gonna say that they were gonna go 19 and 0 but you stole my thunder so i'll, I'll give you guys a win they're gonna go 18 and 1 the a's are gonna go 18 and 1 against the astros <laughs> <laughs> all righty so uh yeah and uh just to just to tick you off, uh, we'll have Alex Bregman hit 18 homers. <laughs> no, uh, eight, that's too much. But let's say six homers versus the A's. So let's go. You would. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, guys, I think that's it for this uh, crossover edition of the Lockdown Astros and Lockdown A's podcast. Thank you, Jason, for hosting this. And uh, we will be back tomorrow with the Lockdown Astros podcast. And Jason, um, I'm sure you'll be doing a um, – A's or athletics or elephants, whatever you call it, uh, <laughs> podcast. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Go Astros. Go A's. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Do, do, do.